What sells the most? The donuts. <laughs> Episode 23 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And we have no idea what our topic is today. We're going to figure it out after we do the episode. Yeah, that's usually how it goes these days. Uh, don't have any interviews lined up, as usual. Haven't had time to reach out, but... If you're listening and you want to be interviewed, you could reach out to me. That'd be helpful. Thanks. It helps if you're some kind of farmer. Yeah, or not. Or we just interview you for fun. <laughs> Give us something know. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so events that may be of interest, uh, we had to shock the well again. Uh, we talked about shocking the well in a previous episode. It's really not shocking. It's such a slang term. It's more like sanitizing. Because what you're really doing is you're pulling chlorine into all the various water pipes in your house. And you you let them sit overnight to kill off any bacteria that might be in the pipes. And, and then in the morning you flush it all out. And our we had our well serviced recently and we found out that if you have your well serviced, if they pull it out and put it back in, you must sanitize the well. And we have a UV filter which takes care of just about anything but... We still needed to shock it just in case. And I'm going to do that once, at least once a year anyway. Yeah, but, it's, it's good times. Yeah, because what if it still builds up in the lines and then the UV filter is eventually overwhelmed? Better to have it sanitized occasionally. But I, there's two different ways you can do it. We bought like a special kind of chlorine mixture that's specifically for wells. We didn't just pour Clorox down there. I think some people might do that, and that's crazy. Yeah, that's not smart. Yeah, this is made for treating water, and it's the diameter of your of the well pipe and the depth, and you have X amount. And I, I use the tablets because they'll sink down to the bottom, and our well pump is near the bottom now. They have little powdery stuff too, but then you got to mix that in a bucket of water and pour that in. And it's more of a to-do. But we had to do that again, and now we're sanitized, so that's good. Yeah, it was nightmarish week. Yeah. Um, I got in serious weeds, and that's a kitchen term for those who don't know. It means you're behind. If you're behind on one thing, it kind of snowballs, and everything gets behind. And I basically had panic attacks and wanted to quit everything and just hide in a corner. That's with the crackers. <laughs> It was with everything, but the crackers are what put me in the weeds. So The order was just too big for one day. Yeah, and normally I would have spread it out, but we had this bread festival on Saturday I had to prep for, so I didn't have time to spread it out. Otherwise, I would have been like, I need to do it two separate days for your order because it's just too much. She basically pushed the normal Saturday stuff up to Friday and then also was going to prep for a festival at the same time. Well, the crackers were a Tuesday order. Were they? Yeah. That was the beginning of the week. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> so it's... Monday I worked basically an almost 24-hour shift. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then came back. I wasn't going to do Tuesday morning. I was just going to be like, screw it. Screw you all. I'm done. But I'm not 
I say those things, but I won't actually do that because that's not my work method. So basically, I helped her package a lot of crackers to yeah. help her get through the bad spot. And I then should I, have. I just took the day off of work. I've got a lot of sick time, a lot of, oh, I need to put that in. I need to punch that in. i got a lot of vacation time, a lot of sick time. So I just took the day off of work, and we delivered that order much later than we normally would have. She, she normally tries to get me out early so I can get back in time for work. Yeah. yeah but that was but not an option. I delivered, like, midday. It was, it was crazy. And the kitchen was at least 100 degrees. Yeah, we've had, so, when it's not raining, it's really hot. <laughs> and you say, oh, just put an air conditioner in there. But then <clears throat> it would take longer for the bread to proof, but then the bread was overproofing. So it was just, it was a constant battle this week. And it was just a nightmare. That's been, <clears throat> when, it, when you have an old New England house, that's a constant kind of battle. It is you try, to, you, you try to keep the environment stable. That if, are too cold or too hot or too humid or... Yeah, you're not as isolated as you'd like to be. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd have a restaurant and it'd be totally sealed and the humidity inside would be completely controlled and everything would be the same every day and you would just do the same thing to produce the same product. But because we're a home bakery, Kara has always had to kind of adjust what she's doing in response to the environment, the weather... Um, which means she's constantly adapting and constantly changing, trying to get the same product. And it makes me so frustrated because I'm all about consistency, but lately the bagels and the breads have not been not been consistent, which drives but, me crazy. Because of drastically different. It's just to describe the change in environment. First, it's it's oppressively hot and dry, and then it rains. And then the rain is over, and then it, here comes the dry day again of, you know, really, really hot days. But it's and not really dry. It's it, super humid. Well, that's the thing is the moisture <laughs> from the rain takes time to cook off. So you end up in a sauna for like a day. We've complained about this in multiple episodes now because it's still going on. It's not as bad as it was when we had a month of solid rain, but we just had a heavy rain last night. And this morning, it was a little bit cool. Because we're actually getting cooler nights now in the mid to upper 50s Fahrenheit. So it's it's not as bad. But you still end up with, you're in a sauna for half the day. Because the, it, the moisture has to evaporate and, and cook off. But all the time that she would spend in the, the bakery is when? It's the first thing in the morning. So that's when the humidity is at its maximum. Like... Yeah, and the morning's easier because it's a little cooler and stuff. But once you, if you're working through midday, then the temperature just increases and increases, and it's insane. Yeah, so it it was pretty nuts, and that that was just that Tuesday, was Monday. That was Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> it was like that was at the point where just shoot me now came in. And so then Wednesday came along, and I let you sleep in as much as I could. I remember Wednesday, to be honest. You slept in quite a bit, but it wasn't, I mean, for, by our standards, not by normal people's standards. I got all the dogs out of there and locked the door so they couldn't bo bother you. Well, I probably woke up at like 5. 
It probably yeah. something like that, but not four or three or anything crazy. Midnight, yeah. But then I had to make potato rolls, so I mean it's never. I'm grateful for the work. I know I complain about it, but it just need, we just need to manage the orders and manage just, the capacity. That's yeah. all. Yeah, I gotta spread it out. My hand has been killing me for crackers. Do me in, and then on top of that, with the rain, change of temperatures also affect. So it's it's a never-ending battle, really. And Kara doesn't stop until she hits a wall. So you can tell her to slow down and stop, and she won't until until she actually like is made to stop by something. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I've tried. I've tried so often to just like you need to stop. You need to slow down. I will do that. Don't touch it. I'll do it. And if I turn my back on her for two seconds, she's already doing it. Well, it's just hard to let someone else do it for you. So you don't want to wait. I don't have patience. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need it done now. It's like I am specifically trying to move that wheelbarrow for you because of your hand. I just need to go. I'm carrying something. I need to go put it down. I'll be right back. It's, nope. Too much time. Well, uh, yeah. So we, we, we basically had that go on, and that dominated our week. Yeah. And then it came up Friday. I don't normally have orders. Uh, we don't normally have a, a delivery Friday, so I didn't have to go anywhere. But this week I did. Yeah, our normal Saturday delivery got pushed to Friday because of this festival thing. So, so I did that, and <sighs> luckily my work is I write code for a living, so I'm responsible for delivering stuff by a certain time. So I can be a little bit more flexible with when I do that. And I'm on an international team. So we got people in different time zones. So if I'm up at four in the morning, I could log into my job and talk to the guys in India about work and do an hour then. And we also have people in the United Kingdom. So I could, I could shift my work schedule to a crazy time for us but you know it could still work so luckily I'm kind of flexible and I, I have a white-collar job nowadays that allows me to take time off and and when I do Kara always freaks out because both of us have always been working-class blue-collar people and the idea of taking time off is it means you don't get paid and yeah <laughs> Oh my God! There's no money coming in because you're taking the day off. <laughs> you used to. We we don't think of this now because of COVID, but before COVID, it, it's, even in a restaurant, we deal with people's food. You you'd come in half dead. You, you, oh yeah, I've yeah. done it many a time. You come in sick, coughing, you know, like sniffling the whole thing, and they'd want you to in anyway. You you'd never get sent home because you were sick. Uh oh. You know, you get into the white collar world and all of a sudden you have all these benefits. It's like, this is, this should not be special. Everybody should have this. This is, this should be normal. You should have time off. You should have all that stuff. But I, you know, I guess we've got to get there. It's just yeah, so, so luckily I can adapt to her business when her business has a snag. Um, Which I appreciate so much. To, to, to do for sure. So I'll get up in the morning and I'll let the animals out and do a little bit of farm work and clean up a house or two while she's getting the order ready and then I'll 
deliver it. You know, but this week it was different. I had a Friday delivery and then Saturday comes and it's, we used to do farmer's markets. We had everything packed and ready. In fact, I think we used to leave stuff in the car all week. Yeah, we were doing so many that it just made sense to just leave it. The, the tent with like <laughs> the easy up canopy was in the car all the time. And the folding tables. Both of our cars because we had two cars. When I drove, yeah. Back when she drove, because she would do a farmer's market, and I would do a different farmer's market. And all the various supplies were in the car at all times, because we didn't get have to, we didn't have a farm. We didn't have to get hay or anything like that. It was just, you know, I'm sure it affected our gas mileage, because extra weight, but, you know, whatever. Must work later. <laughs> yeah, so, the, uh, although there was a time when I would have cared about that, there was a there was a time when I would, um, I very strictly controlled where I went because I had enough fuel in the car. I could gas my car up once on payday. I got paid every week and I had to gas up the car and I could go to work and back and I could go to the grocery store like once or twice and I could do errands a certain amount. I, I had it figured out like it was a trip to the moon. Like I, I had to, then I had to care about my fuel. And by the time my payday came around, I was on fumes and I was wondering if I was going to run out of gas carrying my paycheck to the bank. <laughs> In those days, you'd take your paycheck to the bank, deposit it, get some cash back, and go take that cash to the gas station. And Maybe that's why you're so bad with filling the car. Sorry, when I was driving, I refused to let the gas go below half tank. And I have to, like, remind you, do we have gas? Do we have gas? Oh, that's because for the past, like, X number of years, I haven't been in that kind of trouble. But, I, but, but yeah, I used to fill in the tank was, like, a special thing for a long time. And I would be on E all the time because I didn't have money. When I got to half a tank, I didn't have money to put money to put, uh, to put money in the tank. Because <laughs> yeah. it's basically, yeah. Throwing money away? No, not really. <clears throat> You need gas. Yeah, you need fuel. Go. But nowadays it's a little easier. And nowadays I just, I, I should keep better track. But I still let it go too far. And she's she's on me about it. But but we had all this stuff figured out. And we would we would always be ready. And we all had the, we had the checklists in our heads for farmer's markets. But here we are going to the bread festival. Both of us pretty much forgot how to go to an event. Yeah, I mean, our last event was that culinary festival. I don't even remember what month it was. I mean, I woke up and I, I loaded the, you have a new Easy Up that you bought, because yeah. before we realized we were going to stop doing markets, you bought that. Yeah, I got it, and then we used it for the farm, for the ducks, and it's really nice because it's an actual Easy Up, the brand name, so it's a nice one, so it was more expensive, but worth it. Though. Worth it. We usually didn't get the expensive ones because we'd beat the crap out of them over the course of a year. Yeah. But it was a nice one. And, and we finally, although I think probably that would have lasted longer. It's like the would. It's like buying a good pair of boots to last you forever. Although it's hard because they're not meant to go up and down, up and down every day. They're supposed to either stay up for a couple of days or down for a number of yeah, days. Yeah, they're meant for you to take them on vacation or something or... An event. They're 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 not. Farmers market people are brutal 
on canopies, tents and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they come in these nice <clears throat> little bags, but it's basically folding a map. Can you ever fold the map the same way again? No. You you can get them back in the original like bag that they come in. It's so hard and though. And there's no time. There's you'll never do it time. like you'll do it two or three times and then you're like, you know what, I'm done fighting this. <laughs> it's like taking too much of my time and effort to get this stupid thing in this stupid bag. And if it's <laughs> wet, if the canopy is wet and you put it in the bag, um, it it's turns gonna... out stinky and moldy. So right. no. So so then you don't put it back anyway. And then you're you're gonna Take it and put it somewhere and open it up a little bit so it can air out. You hope. Yeah, although we didn't because we knew we had another farmer's market like the next day or something. Yeah, it was a mess. It was just there was so much going on. But I, I put the tent in. I, I, I remember to, to get the tables. And we were trying to remember all the stuff. We even talked about doing an equipment check the day before. Never did. And she went and we luckily grabbed everything and we're on our way. And then I'm just waiting for it to happen because it always happens every time we leave the house. I fell asleep too because I was up at 12.15. So I like zonked out and then suddenly I'm like, oh no. What, you mean in the car? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was sleeping <laughs> in the car. It's an hour long trip to Skowhegan. So she, I was gonna, you know, keep quiet, and she was gonna sleep because it's it's an hour. You know, if you if you're able to sleep in a car and you and you get the opportunity, and you're not driving, yeah, then you should go ahead. It's like my only chance to get naps. I'm so for naps these days, but the sad part is the time just runs out. And yeah, so, so I don't get to. I'm waiting for her to for one of us to say, oh, I forgot the whatever. We we always forget something, right? One thing. And she woke up in a panic and goes, oh, crap, what? And it, our sign, the sign that you put behind you at the event so that people know who you are. We forgot that. Yeah, that's probably one of the more important things. Yeah. But whatever. It was too late to go back. And it, it's these events can be a bear because I basically drive an hour to take her there. We unload. She was inside this like warehouse kind of. Yeah, I don't building. even remember signing up to be inside, but I guess I did. If that was even a choice, I don't even remember to be honest. It was so long ago, and so much has happened in between. Yeah, it's just a blur. You end up forgetting details, and and it also leads us to kind of forgive other farmers because their lives are just like ours. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on, so that's why they don't get back to you. You'll meet somebody you haven't seen in months, and they haven't spoken to you. They haven't checked on you. Nothing. They haven't responded to you. Um, but when they see you, they're excited, and it's because their life is crazy too. And they just they they meant to get back to you. it. Pops up on their phone. Like, yeah, I got to email that person, and then all kind of stuff happens. So, you know, busy people have to forgive other busy people. Yeah. For stuff even Kara's <laughs> being a jerk about it because in spite of it all, she's actually very good with keeping up with emails. I mean I have to. It's part of but that's business. A, that's a skill I mean, that you have that you're really good at that other people might not have. Yeah. I'm good at multitasking. <laughs> although I do forget to do little things. Not for other people, but for myself. 
But, but that's the thing is you're really good at keeping up with emails. Yeah. That's that's something that you're you excel at. That's not it's not normal. Normal is having trouble with it. So basically, the, the end result is that Kara responds immediately to somebody, and then she doesn't hear back from them, and she gets really mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm busy too, but I took the time. Right, and when they finally like come back and tell her what she needs and answers her question, she's like, "Cool, what about this?" And then they don't respond. And she's like, ah! Weeks later. I mean, yeah. I had to drive her an hour to Skowhegan, get her set up, and then drive an hour back here to the farm. And I basically spent all my time, like, actually, no, no. I, after, I, after I dropped you off, I went to Tractor Supply. I got pine shavings. And I, it took me longer because... They're one of the locations that keep them outside, uh, and they were all gone, and somebody was restocking them. Of course. So I had to meander around the store a little bit until those got restocked, and he put one, there was one out there, and when I was about ready to check out, I think I grabbed a couple of rubber buckets uh, for water, and I saw the guy bringing a bunch out, and he had 11, <laughs> and there was one outside, and I was like... I, I hate to do this, buddy. I know you, you're you going to have to stock more, but I'm going to buy all those. <laughs> He's like, that's okay, man. So, so got loaded up. Um, I dropped by Walmart and got a couple of iPhone charger cables because we needed them. Go back home and spent about two hours cleaning houses and trying to refill water on an extremely hot day and give all the animals nice cold water it's you, you you run the hose it's really hot for a minute because the actual water in the hose has been heated by the sun so when you when you're spraying it you have to wait until you get the water that is from underground so that water underground has to work its way up the well through the house out through the garden hose and all the way to your sprayer it takes a minute um, and then I would fill everything and Got everybody fed, got everybody nice cold water. And by the time I'm I'm done cleaning houses and stuff, because the goal is to have all of it done, all the stuff that I do in the morning, plus all the stuff Kara does in the morning, finished. And then I've got to go get her because she doesn't want to stay a minute longer. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, why doesn't he just do the event and I stay home? We thought it would be better if I was there, but... For that festival, it just—I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest. I mean, it's tough because what I'm doing here at the farm is physical. I mean, yeah, Kara could have taken her time with it, but it's still physical stuff, and she was exhausted. So you have a person that's half asleep and exhausted, and has been awake since almost yesterday, trying to do all this farm stuff. Okay, we had to pause for a second because our ducks out front were vocalizing quite a bit. I think they saw something up in the sky, predator or something. Mm. When I got out there, all of them had walked into the shade under trees under cover. Uh, so that's they just started quacking really loud. So <laughs> ducks will they'll they'll they're keeping an eye on on the sky. They're paying yeah, they'll attention. do their side eye thing. <laughs> they turn their heads so they can see up. And if they see a hawk or an eagle or something, they're like, oh, 
and they look for cover and they might quack to tell the others, you know, look out. Yeah. So back to what we were discussing, there's a terrible choice. If, if I went and did the event, Kara would be exhausted from being awake almost since yesterday and have to do all this farm work. And it's a lot. It, it's, you're, you're marching up and down a hill, too. So it's it gets to you. But it's something I do every day anyway. But I and know. you'd be able to take your time. You'd be with the yeah. animals. Be with the animals, you'd... which is the most important. <laughs> but on, on the other hand, if, if, if she does the event, we typically get better sales because she's the person that does the baking. She makes the products. She's the person with celiac disease. If someone really needs our products and they've got celiac and they're gluten-free, they, there's a, a much higher level of trust from Kara because she's the person with the with the actual problem with gluten. Yeah, it was a tough call. Like, and they can ask you about the products and they trust you to know what's in them. With me, they they know that I didn't bake. I did not bake it, so the trust level is not as high. Although I didn't have. Too many questions at this festival. There were a few. Uh, there were a few people that are familiar with me, even though they didn't realize it was me because I didn't have my sign. Right. They just recognized me, I guess. She had but. to get a big, like a, a laminated map from last year, and write gluten free on it and stick it to the wall. And uh, Vendor next to me gave me a big paper bag to write gluten-free on it, and we hung it up. Almost broke my neck, but we got it done. It is what it is, but I don't know if it was just me or the location or the day. I don't know. It's just it wasn't that great of an event for us. Um... Yeah, it's it's hard because we don't Which is, we don't operate in Skowhegan very much. We did one season of a farmers market there, and it wasn't. We couldn't great. even technically finish it. We went through until the last month, and it was just it was too far for not enough money. Basically, yeah, we were losing money every week, and like we, the customers were nice, but it just it just wasn't the right place for us. And you, you got to remember baked goods are perishable. They don't last. If you don't sell them, they're, yeah. they're garbage. And that money that went into those ingredients and all that labor is just gone. So if you're losing money like that every week, we, we stick it out because of professional ethics. You, you stick it out with the market for a season. But there comes a point where you just can't anymore. It's just yeah. not time. Con like the, time consumed and the product waste and travel it's just it gets to be too much where you just have to be like i'm sorry i just i can't can't do it anymore yeah so we stuck it out for most of that season in skowhegan and then we were like we were done yeah. uh, it didn't make any sense and it the downside is well what if they don't accept you next year at the skowhegan farmer's market it was like, well, wh why would we want to go we lost money every time yeah. other people did other people did well. It's just that this is the, the problem of farmer's markets. You almost have to do a season there to find out if you're going to do okay. 
because different businesses are going to have different experiences. There are some businesses in a particular town, and we discussed this in our farmer's market episode. There are some businesses like business X. If you're in one town, you're going to make all kinds of money. If you're in another town, you're going to make nothing. And it just changes. So you almost have to try a market out to see if you're going to do well there. And we tried so many markets, but we used to live down in, in a Bath, Maine. Yeah. Our experience was from Portland, Maine, and then Bath, Maine. So we were thinking, imagine like an oval on a map drawn with Bath and Portland in the center. We were in Scarborough. We were in basically southern Maine and and um, upper southern Maine. Not We barely touched the mid-coast. We barely touched central Maine when we were living in Bath. We weren't. We didn't do any central Maine. We did Lewiston for a season, which wasn't great either. Yeah, we. But to us, Augusta was north, and it was. It was too far. Yeah. <laughs> technically, so but now that we moved up here, we're in a completely different part of the state with a completely different economic, a different ecosystem, I guess. So none of our previous knowledge, like if we were down in in southern Maine. We would know all the farmers markets. We would know exactly which one we would do well at, which one we would not do well at. But once you change your position on the map, you don't know that stuff anymore. Yeah, it gets hard. And then you have like farmers markets that are newer that they're trying to develop, but which is great for farmers markets. The problem is for some people, you have to rely on that income. And if you're not making a certain amount, why are you going to spend that time? Even though it's a new market and you want to try to help develop it, it's a catch-22, basically. So <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, if you if you were to tough it out, that so market hard. could become the best ever. But are you going to lose money for two years until that market takes off? And waste six hours every day because you think hour getting there hour back and then four hours just being there doing nothing right hoping to sell stuff and this is not that's not including the prep time and the materials and all the and we're not trashing any market it's just you could it's just so hard it is extremely (laughs) subjective you you could you personally could do well at one market and poorly at another and it's because by definition you want to bring new people in the market that don't do the same thing as the next person, right? You don't want like every single person, every single vendor to do the exact same thing. You want different kinds of vendors. So if you come in and go, hey, is this market good? The person answering your question is going to sell a completely different thing from you. They they cannot tell you if you're going to do okay. Yeah. They might do okay because their product sells well in that area, but you don't know. So for, for that's a very long-winded way of us saying that we didn't do well in Skowhegan Farmer's Market, but that's just us, and other vendors did well, and you should check it out because it's a good market. And But for, for the bread festival, we don't have a presence in Skowhegan. Not anymore, no. We, we don't. We don't. We didn't do well when we did the farmers market. We don't have any wholesale there. It's so, just too far. We're not gonna drive an hour. So nobody knows us. We don't have any regulars. There's nothing. So she didn't do very well, and we. This has been the I first. Sp- 
like bad market. It's like a bad market. It was a bad market. I think you, I sold more farm swag, like our t-shirts and tote bags with all the animals on them than I did big goods, which is fine because that stuff goes to the farm and helps support the animals, <clears throat> but I wasted my time baking, basically. I could have just brought that stuff. Yeah, and, and just here's a funny thing. Kara confessed a mortal sin to me because she screwed up and it was catastrophic. It was the end of the world. The the vendor she uses to, to get our t-shirts and bags and stuff had a 70% off sale. 70%, 70% off. And she missed it. I missed it because I was busy baking. So she, she when she ordered the t-shirts and the bags, she only got 60% off. Well, no, I, didn't. I haven't ordered them yet. That's the problem. No, no, you, you said you missed a 70%. Yeah, that was this past week. Oh, that's that's ongoing. That's right now. So I need to order more stuff because oh our God. stuff is running low. Oh, my God. You're only See, as it stands, she's only going to get 60% off. <laughs> and she's... She's really upset that she missed the 70% and now it's going to be 60. Well, yeah, because we want all as many profit as we can to go towards the farm because running a farm is not cheap, folks. It's just not cheap. She does this all the time. She's like, I really splurged. I spent so much money and it's like stuff we needed and she got a huge discount and it's fine. This is why you're in control of the money. And that's why I don't charge fifty dollars for a T-shirt either. So, right because because <laughs> I get them on sale. We we and um, yes, they are not local, and I apologize, but we cannot afford local producers to make this stuff. It, the thing with all right, so I actually do know a little bit about printing. If we had a huge following, like right now, we have to do print on demand, and I'm going to set up some things on our website where you can order t-shirts and all kind of stuff on a website but that's print on demand and it it's from another website that does all the this other company does all the shipping all the everything and we just supply the design if we had enough of a following that we knew we were going to sell x number of t-shirts a month there are screen printing places i could go to down here and say give me a hundred shirts in this size, a hundred shirts in that size, if we knew that they would move. And we could probably get a pretty good price. But we have to know that those are going to move because it's a huge initial investment. It is. It's like over $1,000. So, because they got to set up the printing and then the t-shirt costs. So, it's expensive to do it locally. Yeah. And well, to I mean, do a large amount. If you if you do bulk, it's not as bad. Well. But you have to, basically you have to commit to a very large number. And you have to have the upfront money to buy that. That's the problem. And, so. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue. Whereas on the internet, with just a website or something, you can sell one shirt and it's okay. And we don't make a lot of profit. Like when we, the, the look at the prices for the t-shirts and all that other stuff. It's not a huge um, profit. It's not much. It's but. it's basically once you account for the shipping and everything else, we're gonna make a few bucks. But you know, it's a few bucks. 
Yeah, every little bit helps. But when Kara mm-hmm. orders T-shirts for like five thousand percent off or some something, <laughs> and sells those at a, an event, that's that's pe- people get a T-shirt they love, and that's money. And it makes them aware of the farm. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, can we visit these goats?" I'm like, of course you can. Totally can. You can come to the events, which this week I had to cancel all the things because it was just too much. But next week we're back on schedule for doing coloring and support group. And if you want to schedule a time to come see them, we can do that as well. So It's just really hard to to figure out whether or not to – because we, we don't have the knowledge of Central Maine. We don't know, like if, if you, even today, if you ask me a question about Southern Maine, I can tell you all kinds of stuff about different farmer's markets and events, but in Central Maine, we're just not as established in that way. We've only, this will be our, we're going on to our third year come August. So it's only been three years, which it feels like so much longer. It feels like more. It hasn't been, which is crazy. So at the end of the day, the problem we got is we were in an unfamiliar market. We were in an unfamiliar market where people didn't know us, and we didn't do that well. And we had a bunch of product waste, which we put in, we put in our farm shop. Maybe some of it sells. Hopefully, some of it sells. It's good stuff, people. I mean, yeah. But every everything you don't sell at a market gets lost, and an event is basically a one day market. So, and you think bread festival? So I, I made more bread products because it's a bread festival. But what sells the most? The donuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sold basically all my donut holes to one lady. She grabbed some, ate them, came back, and grabbed the rest. I'm like, oh, I should need more of those. But they're such a pain to make. So, yeah. But that's the trick, right? Is once you've been there once, <laughs> it's like everything else. You do it once. You go, okay, now I understand how this works. Yeah. The only way to to know if an event would be good for you is if someone exactly like you had done it last year. So the question is, will we do it again next year? Probably not. I'm I don't not think gonna... that's the market for us. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. Other people did pretty well. It's just Nanny, who's a bread guy in Mid Coast, great guy. Haven't been able to taste his product, but he sold out like yeah before the event even. Finished. But he's like a really good marketer. He's got he he'll he plays a little he, little guitar. Is it guitar ukulele? He's probably got a ukulele too. I've yeah. seen him with a guitar. But, yeah, he's. Good stuff, and He's I'm good sure his at, product's delicious. I yeah. just can't have it. But because celiac disease yeah. can't eat the bread. But yeah, that guy is that guy is really good at marketing. And he does these great videos on Instagram where he's doing his baking stuff. So it's really cool to watch. So follow him too, because we love him. But yeah, he's also <laughs> actually if you talk to the guy, he's also really nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. We'll just- so if look in another universe where she doesn't have celiac, we'd probably be buying his bread. I'm sure. <laughs> of course. But what are you gonna do? 
So that's look up Hoot Nanny. Yeah. I don't know how it's spelled, but it's in Maine. That's a fun one. It'll pop up. It's a fun name. Um. So you're welcome. Means- by the way, free advertisement for you. <laughs> there might be seven, eight people. We're gonna hear that advertisement. <laughs> Maybe we can interview you. Maybe, but That'd be a thing. okay, I'll reach out. Um. So that was that part of the week, and then we had a kind of devastation week. Should we talk about it or no? Yeah, we should get on to it's more of a farm thing. We got twenty minutes left. I need another drink for that though. Hold on. Through the magic of editing, we've gone out to the, well, she's gone to the kitchen and gotten us our drinks. I have a dog on me. And we're back. I have a dog on me that doesn't settle very often. Well, and she's I had settled. two dogs in between me or. On either side. Either side of me. But Scotland but settles at the drop of a hat. Aberdeen left though. So. That is a bummer. Maybe I should have gone. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So. Um, We're avoiding the subject. We are, because it was really, it was really hard on me after my Monday Tuesday debacle. When did it happen? Wednesday or Thursday? I don't know. We we had basically we have a we have a a duck that is living in the chicken house and she's broody and she's on her nest. Her name is Nas, and she's got some lumps on her head, and we. Uh, scheduled a video call with a vet. That was Wednesday we had the video call. Video call. Okay, so we had a video call with a vet and uh, we think that she's got an infection and ducks sometimes from trauma if they get in a fight or something bad happens. Or the boys are too rough. rough. The boys are too rough. They can get something infected and get lumps and if you have antibiotics the lumps go away. And because the lumps were hard and not soft, the, the, the doc prescribed, uh, she prescribed antibiotics. So every every morning and every evening, I am forcing a duck to take a pill. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing ever. <laughs> Ducks are not into that. They don't like it. I can do it. But the problem is I'm, I've resigned to wear my raincoat every time because she's going to poo on me every time. Like a vicious, vindictive attack poo. Think about if you ever seen The Exorcist, that oh. scene, because that's what it. That's what it's been like. There have been multiple generations who have not seen The Exorcist. Well, you should see it because there's a scene where she's in the bed, she's possessed, and all of a sudden just vomit everywhere, and that is. I think it was pea soup. Well. In reality, in reality, I think, yes, <clears throat> I think the special effect was done with pea soup, but but yeah, imagine that only stinky because it's duck poo and it and all the way down my left side, all over. It happened multiple times, and because she does not appreciate being picked up, and she's broody brody, which means her whole digestive system is off balance anyway because she's so, not eating right, so. Yeah. So basically, I have to pick this duck up off the nest and hold her. And even if I hold her out and think, are you going to poo? No, she's going to wait. She's going to wait. So I'm holding her, trying to get her to take the pill. And 
I've developed skill in this, but it's still difficult. Uh, so I'm dealing with that. And we, while we were talking to the, the vet about that, we asked about this other duck that was wandering off alone. One of our adolescent ducks that we actually hatched. That's a nickname. She's not actually adolescent anymore. Well, they're still adolescent. They're only two, but, but a we month were, old. We refer to them. We had some that were a batch before that that we now call the teenage ducks. Yeah. And then the next batch younger than that had to be named something else because we name, we name all our batches. They so, all have individual names, but just so we can refer to which... Which batch of ducklings. Yeah. And and they they stick together for a while and then they break up. But but usually they stay they're cliques. I we mentioned the yeah, ducks. We've gone over that. Yeah. But so. the, the one of the cliques is the teenage ducks and one of the cliques is the adolescent ducks, which is the one after that. And she wasn't with her little crew, she was by herself. For a couple of days and on, I think it was Wednesday, I had, she was off way far away from any water or anything. And it was, it was hot that couple days. So I brought her up to the, to the side area where the houses are. And I put her in the pool. This is Wishaw. Put her in the pool so she could have some water and cool down a bit, which she seemed to enjoy. Yeah. And we asked the vet about it, and it, it she didn't have enough information. We didn't have enough information. We didn't either. And she, because it, it could be a social thing, right? The sad part is, if I, I mean, I always blame myself, of course. If I wasn't working so much, I could watch her all day and see, make sure she's eating. I, I thought she was eating, though. I thought I've seen her. And then drinking, I was making sure she drank plenty that day. But. And then the next day, um, we're massively busy. I have to do a delivery. Um, and, and at the time, we're thinking it's a social problem that she's not. Because when I, when I try to go, like, one of the nights, a couple of nights before the vet call, or the night before, the day before the vet call, I had to go down and collect her to put her to bed. And Kara was like, what was wrong with that duck? I was like, nothing. I had to catch her. She was just, she just chose to be away from everybody. And the, the problem is she's in the sun, just like far away from any water source, just getting baked in the sun. And we're looking at this with hindsight now. But my feeling was she can stand up and walk anywhere she wants. Well, you know? She had... A little trouble walking. She's one of the Pekin Duclair mixes and probably got too big too fast, which right. happens. But when I tried to pick her up, I had to catch her. But that was a couple of days prior, right? So I don't think I I don't think I was monitoring her decline. I was worried about her for a little bit and I should have just trust your gut. If something's wrong, trust your gut. So she was by herself down in the yard again. So I went to catch her and I was going to put her up front because that way I could keep a better eye on her. I should have just brought her inside. We, we discussed putting her up front a couple of times. Yeah, but I wasn't sure because I, I just, 
I didn't know. Well, you don't, you don't know. This is our only second year with ducks, and they're so different. Yeah. Each one is so different. But, so, I brought her up front, and uh, Bray, my big male duck, just started messing with her. I, I She's a new female. I don't, well, we don't know if she was female, to be honest. She was too young. She's too young to know. Something was off. He just would not leave with Shaw alone. Kept attacking her neck. So I, I'm like, all right, I can't leave you alone out here. So I picked her up, and that is when she passed. <laughs> so I put her down thinking, oh, Maybe you just need water, but no, I think it was already done when she was in my arms. So, yeah. So I'm I'm in a meeting at work, and she's calling to me, and I I, I got to tell my coworkers I got to go. Something's going on. I got to go. So I come down, and and yeah, she was she was gone. So it's tough to lose a bird. But we have to we have to consider what we can learn from it because we have to prevent this in the future. So what do we do? What 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 information can we get? How can we protect the rest of them? What what can we learn from this that we can use? So there's a couple of things. One is when we see one going off by herself like that, I think grabbing her and putting her in a pool was probably the right move because it was it was so hot and the sun was just beating down. Probably shouldn't let anybody, if they're alone and not moving, they're just like resting in the middle of the oppressive sun, probably go get that duck and move that duck to somewhere else. So it's not, I even Googled it, but Google is useless at this point. Yeah. So it's not normal for a duck to be by themselves. Unless you know that duck and they're trying to be away from boys. Like some of our female ducks just need a break. And You I, should know why. I know I know them. I know their personalities. And I still check on them. But that is why they are laying by themselves somewhere safe. Like we have a couple in our front of the house area that like to be by themselves and hide away and but they'll pick a place that's underneath something or in some plants or something they're not going to pick a spot in the middle of a grass in the sun so something was wrong so we don't know what was wrong was it neurological or is it right we, we, uh, we no other duck we don't know no other duck has exhibited these symptoms since we it, nothing is spreading around it was something wrong with that particular duck if something is wrong with a duck and they're having that kind of trouble unique to them we need to protect them so the the what we're what we're doing in the future in response to this is the policy of hey why are you by yourself this is unusual this is not normal behavior you're you're doing weird stuff make a point to grab them, put them in the pool, that kind of thing. If that doesn't quite work, we're going to build a place in the house 
in a place with an AC, a temperature-controlled place. Um, in the winter, it can be anywhere, but in the summer, it has to be somewhere with AC. So we need to build a spot that we can use all year round. It's going to be a permanent place. It's not going to be a permanent is no? going to be something we can fold up oh yeah yeah yeah. but i mean yeah. we're not going to put like studs in drywall no. we're, we're talking so. about making kind of an enclosure we could put a duck in in an emergency inside the house where the temperature and humidity are, are better than outside and we can keep an eye on them better yeah and, yeah but it has to be aberdeen proof so I, I have a plan in my head. I'm just going to have a moment to order it and get it ready in case something like this happens And this again. is the thing. Because Aberdeen is so high energy, we have to make it Aberdeen-proof in the house. And outside, we have to make it goat-proof. Yeah. So your, your, your things that you build are only as good as your strongest, most curious animal. Goats are definitely going to want to check stuff out. They're very strong. They're very persistent. They're very smart. So you have to make a real barrier for them outside. Inside, Aberdeen is a pain in the ass. and She has a chase instinct and she wants to chase birds. She's better in the front. She mostly wants to chase chickens. There's yeah. occasional duck like Ula, who's a Welsh... Harlequin up front, she's fascinated with. Maybe because she's smaller. I don't know. But For some reason, the, the Pekins are not interesting. Well, because the Pekins are her size are bigger. And so. some of the Pekins... <laughs> here's the thing. Some of the ducks, when Aberdeen comes at them, some of the ducks, like, they'll peck bash. at her. They'll, well, they, don't, they'll, they don't peck. They're, they're, yeah, they're ducks. They're, they're not... It's hard to say. They're, they're, they're not chickens. They don't have a pointy bill. They, they hiss. Yeah, they go, or they snap with their bill at her. But they don't and, have And then she backs up. Yeah. So, and I tell them all to do that, but right. not all of them are as... We're doing a terrible job of describing how a duck <laughs> shows aggression. But it, it because their bill is rounded... And they can't do any damage when they bite you. And they're so cute. And so Yeah, yeah. Like, but but the duck will lean forward and point its bill at Aberdeen's face. And she'll be like, whoa. And then she'll back up. And the ducks that run away, she chases. The ducks that are like, I'm your huckleberry. Then she's like, whoa, never mind. In the front, the, the uh, Pekins and Declares that we have up there. Do we have any Declares? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They've started to they've started to like move towards Aberdeen and then she's like totally backs down. But the wall she runs away. Yeah. I tell Ula, you need to fight back. I tell her who's boss, but She doesn't speak English. She doesn't speak English. <laughs> so we're working on it. And um, we don't speak duck, so Aberdeen it's is tough. A, is mostly pugs, so she's stubborn as all. When we say chase, we, we don't mean that she's aggressively trying to hurt the duck. She's just... Playing. She just walks toward the duck, kind of trots toward the duck, and the duck runs away. She matches the speed of the duck, because she's trying to play... She, she thinks the duck is having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> she, she thinks it's a game of chase, so... Right, so this is all in the context of, Hey, I love you, you're cool, let's run around. And the duck is like, oh my god, you're going to kill me. 
So it, it's a miscommunication between species. So so we'll we'll tell Aberdeen to not do that, and she'll like, why are you yelling at me? I'm just playing with my new friend. Yeah, it's a problem. And the yeah. chickens are worse because chickens are fast and they run no matter what. Which is exciting to an Aberdeen. Yes. When she's gotten loose and run to the back, she just. Especially the little chickens. So, it's a problem. But she doesn't show any sign of doing anything to them. She just wants to run. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a social problem. It's it's like you are. We know that you're not going to do anything bad, but they don't, and you're giving them all kinds of trauma by accident. So yeah. Sometimes, because sometimes she gets out there, like a door will open. She's always... She's Dublin is like this, so too. Fast. Dublin was so good at getting out, like going between my feet and getting through the door. <laughs> and I'm beginning to think that's a pug thing. Yeah. Because Aberdeen's pretty good at it, too. <laughs> So we have to be very careful about not letting Aberdeen out. And then Scotland's afraid to go out back, even though we're, we're teaching him while he's younger. Because Aberdeen ruined it. He did. She did. Sorry. Uh, Aberdeen, Aberdeen went out and scared everybody. So now, was it Moon? Moon. One Moon of will actually... Quotes. The last podcast episode where we talked about Aberdeen getting loose and running around the farm... Moon, we forgot to mention this. Moon took several shots at Aberdeen as she went by. He tried to headbutt her as she went by. And he did. He got her in the side. She didn't. He doesn't do it hard. Like it, it's not gonna hurt her. He does it to Finia sometimes, and she'll come crying. I've seen it's, him do it. He does not do it hard. He does not do it like they're goats. He's just telling them, "You need to go now. Bye." It's kind of a it's it, it's the goat equivalent of flipping you off. Get out of my way. <laughs> he's flipping you off. He's not trying to kill you. He's not trying to hurt you. He's flipping you Which off. Which he totally could do if he really wanted. Yeah, these goats are their their skulls are thick and they're strong, even though they don't have their horns because we have disbudded. But Aberdeen would go by and and Moon has decided he does not like Aberdeen at all. <laughs> and unfortunately, we put Scotland out there, and Moon is... He, he thinks it's a smaller version of an Aberdeen. Yeah, he's okay with Kasla. He's mostly okay with Finny. Finny avoids him, I think. Or she doesn't even pay attention to the goat. But that satisfied the problem. Yeah. He no longer goes after Finny. Whatever they had to work out, they worked out, and it's done. So he doesn't bother Finia. He doesn't bother Kasla. Kasla's like one of the goats. It's kind of the weirdest thing ever because she's so hyperactive. But being around the goats, she kind of just is one of them. You would, you would think that she would be the one <laughs> running around and causing all kind of panic. But she just goes out there and she's totally cool. She'll lie down with them. She'll eat hay with them. It's, she speaks goat. It's weird. Casa's bilingual. She speaks goat. <laughs> Apparently. For, for our part, you know, it's always a tragedy when we lose a duck. And it's always bad when it's a mystery. It, it really affected me. <clears throat> I mean, every duck loss, every animal loss yeah, is Yeah, but it, problem, it hit but you at a time when you had all, already, there was already pressure and stuff. And I know, but this is on. also one we had and raised from a baby. I mean, yeah. She's still a baby. That's the problem. Well, she's 
Not quite adult. Well, a month old is still a baby. They don't... They still walk funny at this age, and it's just... Paddington's still getting all her feathers, hopefully her. We say her in hopes that they're hers, but we yeah. don't know for sure. They're still too young to know. So, we hope, but... Paddington, the youngest, is still getting her wing feathers. So they're still babies. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And it's like, what could I have done? What should I have done? The only thing we can do is now that we have more knowledge and more skill and more information, we do better for the next duck. So if you have a property that, if you have a lot of ducks, maybe it's a place on your property. Think about the climate where you are. For us, we're thinking about building some kind of pen and dog-proofing it. And if we have a duck that we think is in trouble, we want that duck to have all the strength that she can have. And whatever's going on, we want her to resist it and recover from it. And one way to do that is get her out of the heat and make sure she's got plenty of water. So when a duck is feeling bad and takes herself away from the group and away from the water sources, that's bad. I, I, I believe she probably would have gone a day earlier if Kara hadn't put her in the pool that day. Whatever's going on, we need to give that duck every advantage. Every bit of help that we can. And so we're going to build a little station, and like an infirmary, and we're going to be able to like set it up real quick if we need to. But it's not a permanent thing, because when a duck is in your house... We we make fun of those TikTok accounts oh so much. Oh my gosh. Those people who can film a duck. You know they edit it, right? Because ducks poo. All the, I should have... I'm, I'm going to get one on a video. I should have done it. It was funny because one of the little ducks stood up and just pooed all over a rock. And it just like... <laughs> kaboom. It's, like, it's, it's so gross. So every time... <laughs> Every time Kara and I watch like a TikTok video or something no. of a duck running down a hallway and the people put like little shoes on the duck's feet or whatever. Well, I've seen videos with ducks going into like Petco or somewhere and it's like, how, how? Every time we watch one of those videos, <laughs> I, I know I can get a laugh out of Kara if we're watching the video together and I just go. Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> It's loud and it's proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, because yeah, they're like they, they're pulling machines. How many times did you film that video <laughs> to get one where the duck didn't poo on everything? I, I exactly. Yeah, yes. Castle. <laughs> Every single time I've picked up Nas to give her a pill, <laughs> she's pooed on me, and not a little bit. She is like the exception though, because she's going through some hormonal stuff. But but, but still, yeah. it, it's it's not a little bit; it's a lot. No. So, but anyway. So I guess so, the yeah. topic of this episode was all the things. <laughs> no, it was events and caring for sick ducks. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a balance. We haven't figured out the balance yet. We're still working on it. But doing a farm 
running a business and working a full-time job is not easy. It's really hard. We have a lot of ducks. A quick summation. Get to know your ducks as best you can. Spend time with them. Get to know each... I mean, it's hard to get to know each personality, but if you spend just a... Even if you spend like 10 minutes a day out there with each group and get to feel how they interact and their... I mean, each duck has their own personality. Your goal is to find out if somebody's <laughs> acting weird. If somebody's doing something weird. And if they're doing something alone, especially if they're doing... Like, now that I look back on it, she was putting herself in the middle of the sun, in the middle of the grass, in, in an open area, Which in the sun. Weird. And yeah. Adolescent. I, maybe she didn't know better. She didn't know better. So so I, I should have got her. But now that we know that, we're going to look out for that. So get to know your ducks. Get to know any unusual behavior. That goes with any Come up with a plan for, for if you have to take that duck out of that situation, what are you going to do? Do you have a place to put that duck? So and this, and this also, it matters where you are. If you're in a place with mild weather, it it's easier. Uh, if you're in a place with harsh weather, what time of year is it? But it, it should go for all animals too. I mean, it happens with chickens because our chickens have had like we asked the vet doc. Our the problem is our bird doctor is an hour and a half away. Which, to go to them, takes a good part of the day. It's three hours just driving, and then the, the visit so itself. So it's it's half the day. It's a to-do, which we will do if necessary. But if we can do Zoom calls, it's a lot easier. If I wish there was like a traveling bird vet. It needs to be a thing. I mean, I know a lot of people don't care about their birds like we do. So our chickens have weird white stuff on their butts. Not all of them, just a couple of them. But it could be because they're foraging a lot more and there's different stuff happening. Especially and with the weather going up and down and the rain. So What we heard from the vet was that foraging definitely can do that. You yeah. you can have... We should do an episode on this. But, but the, 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 the short answer is that you know how if, if you personally suddenly change your diet in a drastic way, you have, like, bathroom trouble? Yeah, if you eat all weird stuff every day, it leads to weird Right, <laughs> and chickens or ducks are foraging, so they're eating mm -hmm. weird stuff. So yeah. it can lead to dig digestive trouble. So we do clean their bums, which they love. <laughs> if they get dirty, Not yeah. Not really. <laughs> But we've barely had any ticks. Yeah, it's been great. I've seen a couple on Aberdeen, and one on Emily, and one on Callan for the whole summer. I mean, we're almost August now, and it's been four ticks. Knock on wood. That's really good for New England. It is. And they're yeah. bad here in Central Maine. They're really bad, and... The first year we were here, it was disgusting. They were in the house just crawling around. So, yeah, things have improved that way. And we always, I always check 
obviously. And the dogs are on medicine. Yeah. But I always check the goats. Chickens are better tick hunters than ducks. Ducks also hunt ticks, but it's chickens are better. Yeah. The best is a guinea hen, but those are guineas are crazy and loud. And they're not that cute. Sorry. They're and not. they're pain in the neck. So chickens. Chickens are cute. They're scary, but they're cute. If you just want tick control, job. you want tick control at your place, chickens. And get as many chickens as, as you need to eliminate the problem. If only they'd eat flies, because the flies are a real problem. Well, flies fly. So. Well, still. Oh my god, we're over an hour. Okay, so we're going to... I guess we're done. We're so, done. So have a good whatever you're doing. Bye. Bye.